Well, welcome to episode four of Lost in Immersion, your weekly 45-minute stream about innovation. As VR and AR veterans, we will discuss the latest news of the immersive industry. Let's go. So, Fabien, you can start as usual. Thanks. So today um, I want to speak about the, um, uh, the this uh, graph that uh, we are sharing, which is uh, the um, market share of uh, what it's called metaverse here uh, between headsets and uh, like laptops or mobile uh, application or browser um, in browser. Uh, experience so um, I'm I need to say that I'm not entirely sure of the sources of this um, graph so I will put a bit of caution on the exact number but I think like the the ratio is correct uh, which means like uh, what they call metaverse um, and we can discuss about what exactly what that means mm -hmm. Um, is mostly accessed through um, an app or uh, like a, a brother like a Chrome, Safari, or um, and not through a VR headsets. Um, so I think it's a very interesting uh, insight uh, as to uh, how the current users of uh, so what we call metaverse uh, are using it. Um, and um, so, yeah, to me, it's, um, it's a really good insight as to like uh, spaces like uh, Roblox or Spatial.io um, are mostly used directly on the browser instead of being used um, in uh, VR. So um, uh, I will stop here for now and I think uh, we can discuss, uh, for example, Seb, uh, what, what do you think about this um yeah <clears throat> um he's speechless, speechless. <laughs> yeah i'm speechless yeah the maybe give me another idea while i'm thinking about my, my answer. yeah i can start if you want yeah. so uh i guess it uh come close to uh, one of one part of the metaverse definitions that I, that I think is contro controversial uh, because there are two two ways of def defining especially the immersion part of the metaverse. Some people say that uh, metaverse the metaverse should be accessed by any kind of devices like tablets, smartphone, PC, and if you are lucky, you can get it through VR. So the, the VR part is the cherry on top of the Sunday, as we, we say uh, <laughs> in Canada. So, uh, and on the other end, there is the second definition where VR is the main uh, way of getting to the metaverse and the tablet and smartphone are on the uh, optional part. Uh, to be completely honest, I'm on the second uh, definition. Uh, I guess uh, the immersion part is um, uh, one of the main uh, reasons why metaverse is uh, useful. Um, so we can see that right now it's not the case if your graph is correct, but I, I think also that the ratio should, should be 
must be the same. Uh, uh, maybe not the, the number, but the, the ratio, like uh, uh, 80% uh, through brother and 20% uh, through VR. And uh, it, it makes sense also because lots of uh, so-called metaverses uh, like uh, Sandbox, for example, or any kind of metaverses uh, based on uh, uh, blockchain and crypto are mainly uh, metaverses for, for financial uh, uh, exchanges. And you don't have any uh, advantage of getting there in VR. You just have to buy land in 2D and uh, make some exchanges and uh, hopefully make some money. So they they can be called metaverses because they are bringing some uh, technological parts that would be integrated in the, the metaverse uh, one and only. Uh, but I don't think those are the main the most interesting interesting part of the the metaverse is the, the economical part. It, it can be, it, it will be a change in the future for sure because blockchain right now is not the the best for micro transaction, for example. And um, I, I guess well, it, it's bit uh, it's both a problem through definition and what we can access right now and what we can implement uh, for the our vision of the metaverse so uh, that's my that's my thoughts about this graph and uh, what it represents in in the world <laughs> right now in the metaverse world so Seb, I don't know if he, it gets you some idea or <laughs> yeah. if you are completely yeah. opposed, um, opposed to what I said. I guess what is uh, blocking in this way of comparing stuff is that you compare two different things, browser and VR. You can have a browser in, in uh, I, I know I'm using that uh, and I tested a lot of XR interaction that are done on a web page on the Oculus Quest. Uh, and that's working, but that's in terms of performances and the, the kind of thing you can display, it's really ugly. Um, but uh, it allows the user to quickly access an experience uh, without having to download and install a, an app. So that's still um, uh, an option to access more quickly uh, an experience, but the browser are not uh, that powerful, and right now it's not that's impressive uh, when you do this kind of experience. Um, but um, like Guillaume said, I think uh, that should remain an option uh, for the metaverse to access from any device, and that's great, but the best experience is with VR. And, and right now we talk about it uh, in the previous week, but I think we are, uh, Lacking the the feedback of the user uh, face and user expression, so to make the VR experience <clears throat> uh, more magical and more uh, a key uh, a key experience to move from a browser to a VR experience. Right now, you are moving a character that is moving his lips. Uh, if uh, the developer had implemented that. And that's the same in the browser. When you talk, you can have your avatar that is moving your, your lips and uh, moving in space. So 
there is no differentiation that makes the VR so much better that you want to move to VR right now. I think that that might be the what made the people uh, stay on, on browser uh, instead of going to VR. I guess this is the same conclusion you would like to bring, uh, Fabian, that VR is not interesting enough for people to, to adopt it. Is that right? Oh, no. <laughs> Fabian? Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. Um, so what, what I think indeed is, um, uh, I think it's a twofold um, uh, conclusion I would like to uh, to do on this one. Uh, indeed, the um, I think most users uh, are trying uh, choose the easy way. So just uh, click on the link and open uh, the the virtual world uh, on their uh, laptop or, or mobile. Um, so that's that's one way. And the other one is I agree with you, uh, Guillaume, on the definition of what one metaverse is. Uh, it really needs to have this immersive component to it. And through a laptop or mobile. Um, so yeah, it's great to have access to the metaverse, but using a VR headset will bring even more uh, immersion to it um, and I think this is what something that we talked about uh, in the previous episodes here um, maybe it's something that uh, we need to communicate more uh, instead of displaying um, with a headset on we need to showcase what's this what they are seeing inside um, and to to really transmit uh, what can be an immersive experience. And uh, do, do you think that WebXR could be an answer for people to access the, the VR content more easily? As you you, you mentioned that uh, you don't want to install and do a lot of stuff to, to access uh, some content. So just by clicking in the browser and getting this content directly into VR in your VR headset, could, do you think this would be the answer? Oh yeah, I think this will definitely help. Yeah, yeah. Sebastian, Seb, do you any last thoughts about this? Yeah, that's, that's the same with the uh, app. We are we are on control the same, and we have on control the same with mobile application. Where most of our clients wants, uh, and most of the users don't want to install an app anymore. They want to quickly access uh, through a link, uh, a web page, and view the content in there. So I think it's the same for for VR headset. You want to quickly access without having the, the pain to go to a store and install the, an application. You want to quickly access the experience. However, uh, right now the browser are not uh, technically uh, uh, built to Allow a great experience in VR. It's missing a lot of pieces, access to graphic cards and stuff like that. Yeah. 
So there, is, there needs to be a consensus between the different uh, uh, company that uh, create the browser to, to allow this kind of experience to be more realistic, more, more nice, nicer. The yeah, the WebXR, WebGL, uh, and and so uh, all these initiatives seems to turn in the in that way. But yeah, it takes time. Hmm. It's a, it's a long run. <laughs> so you can continue, Seb, with your your subject if you want. Sure. Uh, so today I wanted to talk about the and and it's bouncing on the subject we had on on the previous week is the fact that. Uh, uh, augmented reality is also moving to industry more and more and being used in construction, for example, for real use case and real, uh, um, real, real, real use case. Uh, so I wanted to share a couple of videos and then we can talk about it. Um, the first one was, um, it, it's all, all the video I will present are about the construction uh, helper. Uh, so this one is to check uh, future installation with uh, an iPad or an HoloLens. So it allows to to previse how how things will be set up, and uh, points uh, are highlighted also on where uh, on on a. Let me rephrase that. They are they are uh, checking through uh, the construction. Uh, what has been deployed, what is the current status, and what has been uh, checked. So they can go back to every part of the of the of the, the install and, and say, okay, this one, this part has been checked, and so it's going to green. And so quickly they can move forward to a complex setup like this and, and uh, really have a vision of uh, what has been checked, uh, what is remaining to be installed, what is remaining to be checked and, and confirmed. So really use case uh, and all that are shared uh, with their BIM uh, technology to be able to, yeah, to, to check out even uh, afterwards uh, what uh, the person on site has done and what remains to be uh, installed or uh, if there is some uh, piece uh, that are missing or not correctly Mounted together, they can add a comment, and so a technician can come and, and redo uh, the things. So it really starts to be a useful tool for this kind of thing, and then do some report, do some screenshot of the of the part that is not uh, correctly set up. So that's the first one. The second one is kind of the same, uh, but. Uh, more for uh, complete uh, building ins installation um, and previsualize <coughs> um, what could be uh, installed the, the day of uh, of uh, visualize on site uh, what would be the, the current day work uh, and what they will end up uh, like in one day in two days in three days and foresee if there will be any issue. Uh, in bringing uh, different uh, uh, company to work on, on, on the building at the same time. So the, this kind of thing. And this is the same to privilegize or, or be able to see before going to construction. 
uh, how things were set up, how to access uh, certain things that are not visible through directly from through the surface. Uh, so if you want to access a specific uh, cable or tube, you can dig in afterwards after it's built to really uh, not uh, completely remove the complete world, but only uh, do some uh, some work and then uh, only at the location it's needed. And the last one is uh, a way to use augmented reality to um, <clears throat> to for a worker to be able to set up uh, uh, an area in space that needs to be avoided by the by the the I don't have the name for that. Uh, the, oh, the, this, uh, construction uh, the construction machine. Construction <laughs> machine, yeah, basically. Yeah. And I, I feel that this is also really a really nice tool for, for, for that. Uh, so the guy is basically using a, a LiDAR tablet, a tablet uh, equipped with a LiDAR and scanning the area and saying, okay, this part of the area, you should never go that far. And so it's sent to the to the construction machine and, and to the to the worker inside the, the construction machine to so they know which area is not safe to, to go to and yeah I feel that's really a, a really use case uh, for augmented reality that start to be interesting and complete. What's your thought, Michael? Fabien? You go first, <laughs> if you want. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, um, so I think it's, um, it's a really interesting use case. And um, a, a lot of technologies are um, like coming together for that. So um, um, I think it's uh, the same for metaverse. The the name digital twin has uh, like a sometimes different meaning, but here it's uh, indeed like a, uh, a twin version of the construction that updates with the the reality at the same time, um, and with um, uh, headsets that allow the workers to have uh, their hands free. Or even I don't know if this exists, but uh, AR on the windshield of the construction machine, or like a drone to monitor the status of the construction in real time. Um, like a lot of these technologies are coming together to provide something that is really, um, um, really useful and has really meaning for this um, type of um, of work. So yeah, I think it's. Um, really nice okay I'll jump in uh so uh i'll be probably the grumpy one because uh, <laughs> yeah I, um, as usual they are and uh this kind of application are just they are no-brainers i guess for for construction workers or uh, industrial uh, uh work plans however uh as fabian said uh there are still some issues like the first one would be like you said the digital twin uh 
in the BIM world, there are still, I guess, negotiation or discussion about who will pay this digital twin because it's not as natural as uh, in the industrial world with the industry 4.0, uh, where the digital twin is like a completely natural uh, and integrated use now. Uh, everybody is doing their rock line in uh, in 3D and they can use the data uh, very, very easily. It's not the case still for for the beam world and uh, the construction one. Uh, even if in, in UK, uh, there are some legis legislation for new uh, new building for them to have this uh, digital twin uh, integra integrated in the whole process. Uh, well, but still, it's not the majority of of uh, of new construction to have this uh, digital twin, and it brings a lot of difficulties for them to have them um, these three D models that is needed for this uh, AR experiences. Second point, it's the fa the famous. Uh, we don't have the uh, the corresponding or best device for this kind of work. As Fabian said, the end free devices are not yet available. And if we are talking about HoloLens or Magic Leap or, uh, or whatever, uh, try getting them in direct uh, sunlight, uh, you will have some some trouble seeing anything in them. And, uh, and third one, third, uh, third remark is about the tracking system. Uh, we know that uh, in broad daylight with uh, light um, uh, differences during the day and uh, all this kind of uh, and weather and whatever, your tracking is not as clean and uh, cheater less than in the in the video. Uh, for having uh, tried that uh, by displaying uh, the water. Um, water line and electrical electrical line in in uh, in ar in the street or in the countryside it's really difficult to to have them uh, uh, at the at the right place you have uh, some uh, uh, in, you're not as precise as you would like to so uh, this is this this in the in the best uh, well in the best future, this kind of application would be, like I said, uh, a no-brainer for for anybody working on on construction site. But it's still not a reality for us, and we are far from being there, I guess. So this is my cold shower comment <laughs> on this. But yeah, it, it, we, we are all agreeing that uh, AR is very useful. Uh, the use cases are great, but well, we, we still have to wait for for us to, to use it as it should be. So yeah. you can you can come in on that and <laughs> no, I agree. it's the early stage, and uh, right now it's quite complex to put uh, that in place. Uh, now, for the you you agree that it's really frustrating because uh, we are talking about these use cases for like what twenty years, fifteen years, and it's still on the same. Uh, proof of concept, uh, very nice uh, projection of what it could be, and we don't have the tools yet. <laughs> I think the talking with uh, uh, one of my friends, which is working for a big uh, construction company in France, um, 
they took a lot of time to switch to Beam, but now it's in place. So okay. they are at this stage uh, already making everyday change to the to the depending on how goes the construction. They update the, the, their plan and uh, their, their, the position of the stuff they have installed on the on the plan. So they keep a track of that and they need to do that more quickly. Because mm -hmm. right now there's someone going on site, taking the measurement, uh, going back to the computer and adjusting that. So they, they need that to move forward. Uh, and that, that's what he is explaining to me. And this was I in the hierarchy in, in this company. So that's something they are pushing for, I would say. Right. They know it exists. They know it's not easy to implement yet but they are uh, at the stage of uh, pushing for making that happen. Okay. I guess this is a, a great uh, way. Uh, well, we, we can make them country differences because here in Canada and especially in Quebec, they are still thinking about, is it useful or not? And okay. for those who are, who are willing to, to bring on the beam and uh, twin digital, digital twin on the table, they are, uh, mainly just stop the project in when they are doing this because they, they are finding this too expensive or not efficient enough. So right now we are, when I left France, it was more advanced than it is now in Canada and Quebec, especially. So we have like six, six or five years uh, delay between what is happening yeah. in Europe and what is going on in North America. And in Japan, do you do you have any insight for, for this, uh, Fabian? Um, I don't have the only thing I can say is for small constructions. And I think uh, it speaks to the budget as well. Um, small houses in Japan are, are in wood. Um, and they are like constructing. I, I, there was one constructing here just here. And they are not even using plans like they're just building it. <laughs> and, uh, so <laughs> I, uh, yeah, that's uh, what I can see with my eyes here. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I, I know for a fact that uh, in France they are quite advanced because um, there was another project where they, um, they had to renovate uh, like uh, 300 houses. That has been at the same time with the same model, but through times have had uh, some extension stuff, different stuff made by the the person living inside the house, and uh, they have to make a business model and, and estimate how much work it would be to renovate all of them, uh, depending on all the different configuration there is now, and they use AI to simulate everything simulate the different uh, kind of house and, and quickly have the, uh, an estimation on how much the wall uh, thing would cost and the different solution that could uh, explore. Uh, so I think they're already on the edge of, uh, of all those technology at least in France. Yeah, great. Okay, so do you have uh, anything to add or I can bring my, my yeah. own topic? That's it for me. Okay, so we'll stay in the AR world and we will be talking about uh, Google that is finally putting 
their Google Glasses out of misery. And uh, I would like to to celebrate this uh, this ending by coming taking our time machine and uh, going back in 2015, 2016 when uh, uh, the AR glasses were like a, a trend or a complete frenzy, if I, if I can say, because during that time we had like 30 different devices announced uh, through different uh, manufacturers. Uh, you can see here a little example of what were uh, coming to the market. Um, and in first place, you, you had the Google Glasses. Um, one of the one thing I would like to, to say that uh, you, you can still have uh, some of them right now, like the Vuzix, uh, this brand is still working on smart glasses right now. And you still have the, of course, the Microsoft HoloLens and the, uh, I think the Magic Leap it was not there uh, yet. But you can see some uh, some uh, great brands at the time that were Leicester, for example, in the AR world. They were very uh, uh, implied in the industrial world. You had the Optinvent uh, RX, and you had some great names as well, like Epson and Sony, that were willing to 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 get this uh, part of the market. So I'll just do the uh, one more. So you can see here the number of glasses uh, that were announced and their uh, uh, um, well their timeline, uh, the expected timeline. And uh, this was like in 2015, as I said. And you can see that every company was were willing was willing to 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 have their uh, AR glasses. Um, I guess just a few of them uh, arrived to the final point of the project shipping uh, because most of them just abandoned the project uh, midway. And one interesting thing is that in the last uh, last slide is that oops, sorry. Okay, so. Uh, at this time, uh, when people were uh, coming to, to, to doing their prototypes, they, uh, they, they, they finally realized that the size of the system and the field of view were something that matters. <laughs> and you can see that only a few of them uh, were answering what we can uh, uh, the, the, the minimal requirement for, for having uh, powerful or useful AR glasses. You can see them in green. You, you had the, the Magic Leap. Uh, I guess the, the old lens should be uh, far from there, but only a few of them could have uh, work at their AR glasses. And uh, that's why most of the, the glasses right there on the left never see I never saw the the, the market uh, per se. So I know that uh, you do uh, tested some of them, maybe most of them, because you you were very applied in the AR, in the AR uh, development world in 2015. 
and I would like to have your uh, all the all AR guys insight about what happened in 2015, 2016, and why right now in 20, uh, 20, 2023, we just have like three devices left, like the HoloLens, Magic Leap, and I can say the HoloKit you presented maybe, Seb, <laughs> a few episodes ago, but we have, yeah, the, 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 the market is very, very dry right now. Uh, yeah, we, we have Apple that should be announcing uh, their AR glasses in June, but compared to what happened in 2015, it's night and day. So what, what happened and what would be happening maybe in the future? What do you think about this? Fabien. Um, I think I will let you, Seb, speak to that. Uh, <laughs> you have, uh, I think, more insight than, than me on this one. <laughs> sure. Um, so I had the chance to be at CES uh, uh, during that kind of uh, year, and also in uh, in Barcelona uh, for for the mobile events. And I had the chance to, to test the HoloLens, the first HoloLens version really quickly and the Google Glass uh, right when they were uh, announced. I, I tried also the physics one. And uh, clearly, uh, as soon as I tested it, uh, there was a huge gap between uh, Google Glass and the, this kind of idea of having only one screen on one uh, eye compared to what was feasible with the HoloLens. Um, First of all, the experience was awful for me. Uh, having only something uh, stick to one eye uh, really bothered me a, a lot. Uh, so I think from what I heard, uh, that's what happened for most people. That's not uh, having uh, stickers in front of one of your eyes and staying always in, in place. That's not natural and that's not something you want. Um, and uh, the other lens, uh, compared to all of the other devices were or was the, the only one <clears throat> that allows a good environment tracking and to really lock an object in space. And that's what remains for me uh, the, the key component that needs to work perfectly. Uh, you need to be able to recognize the space when you walk in quickly without having to have a complex calibration to do. And, uh, when you place objects in the environment, you want them to stick to the environment. Otherwise, you don't have a great experience. I think you don't have this one, but there was a meta headset that was released also and that we tested uh, at the time. Um, <clears throat> and it was not tracking at all uh, correctly the environment. Everything was like moving uh, through space with you with a kind of uh, delay. So, and that the same with HoloKit, and the guy actually from HoloKit, I, I sent an email asking, uh, is it the reason there is an issue? Uh, and they said, yes, uh, we know we are working on that. So okay. the issue I had with the HoloKit is not <clears throat> due to the version of my mobile device. Uh, it's really the, their code and the way they implemented it that is uh, not doing prediction in the future on where you are and just using the data from the IRKit component that which is delayed. So, <clears throat> so yeah, overall, uh, even the Magic Clip, had, uh, it was interesting. We used it for Intel uh, at an event in, back in 2000, 
18 maybe. Um, <coughs> and uh, the issue there with the magic click is that it's never been able to recognize the space and uh, by itself. You always add to a, a, a small calibration, so the environment is back, uh, back on track and, and correctly tracked. And it's a, a shift in space if you move a lot from your initial position. There was no way to realign the environment based on the 3D tracking environment and the dependent cloud that you did of the environment. So really for me, the only one that is doing that uh, greatly for uh, for an augmented reality use case uh, is the HoloLens. Uh, and the HoloLens tool just brought another level for the for the rendering, but in terms of tracking and uh, 3D environment tracking, the first one, the first version was already great. And also they thought for one and they thought about how to do calibration with one HoloLens and deploy that to all the others. Uh, and that's uh, what they brought to the HoloLens 2. It was not feasible with the HoloLens 1. Uh, but with the two, they brought that, and that allows us to use that in museum, uh, where there is a host that is hosting the experiment but doesn't know anything about the technology, and that's been running the two years in a row uh, in uh, Musica in France and in Paris at La Galerie de l'Evolution, and uh, yeah, we don't have any maintenance uh, unless there is a headset that goes down on the floor. Uh, where they need to ship it back to Microsoft. In terms of calibration, we never did anything since we deployed the, the application. And that's Great. really impressive. Fabien. So for me, that, that's the reason. Thanks. Fabien. Yeah, um, I, I, I completely agree that um, and I, I think we talked about Xiaomi uh, 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 glasses that were showcased uh, a few weeks back, where uh, one difference that they have is indeed the uh, world tracking. Mm -hmm. And it seems like um, the difference between something that is really used for uh, a real world use case is something where there is uh, environment tracking. Um, and maybe it just having some information in front of the eyes is not enough for the user to uh, uh like the friction is too big and maybe just uh, having a smartphone or a tablet uh, is enough to get the same kind of information yeah well i guess the way we can uh, uh get back to what we said uh, about the timing time to market and maybe those glasses were not uh, uh, released at the right time because technology was not as evolved as it should be. It's it's like with the metaverse right now, people are thinking that it would be deployed in less than five years. But when you are looking on the paper, uh, lots of different technological elements are not there yet. So we know that it won't come as far as they would like to in the near future. And that's what happened, I guess, in with every innovation. We had this with VR, we had this with AR, 
uh, AI as well you know, in, a, in a few years back when they, they tried to launch the first, uh, uh, it was Microsoft with their uh, AI chatbot that lasted like 16 hours because things went very, very <laughs> sideways with their uh, AI, but uh, learning from what people said and uh, it went, it didn't go well. Well, so uh, just one thing. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, the Google Glass also they thought that it could be useful for public uh, compared to music that had the same kind of idea and same kind of technology. But music, I think, targeted more the industry, uh, like uh, Amazon or stuff like that, where they have to take uh, boxes uh, and make uh, prepare a command for a user. Uh, and where uh, you can display step-by-step -step action in, inside the headset and have the user validate each step. And so it's really small information. Uh, just do that now mm -hmm. and it's step-by-step. -step. Uh, that was, I think, more <clears throat> the use case for this kind of glasses uh, that was interesting uh, compared to Google Glass where they tried to solve that to public. Uh, and I don't think that's... Well, I, I think that uh, Google has made one of the biggest mistakes by uh, overselling it and under-delivering it. Because uh, I, I, found, I, I, I found out that the, the, uh, the launch video of the Google Glass is still on in, in YouTube if you want to see, see this. But what they proposed is absolutely not what the glasses can do right. and uh, i remember right. that on day one when people get the glasses on their hand as it was like whoa it's absolutely not what they said yeah. <laughs> and uh i tried that i i think fabian was there when i first put them on it was in paris and uh i said wow it's so bulky it's it's it lasts like 30 minutes or less than one hour if you want because the battery was bad and uh, you had this this kind of migraine after uh, 15 minutes. But well, it, 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 they, can, they could be launching this video right now. It could be right, but you see that there is a 15-year time window between what they presented and what is uh, the reality right now. So they were way ahead, ahead of what they could possibly do at the time. And, uh, like magic yeah, yeah, Magic Leap also, HoloLens, um, their, uh, their launch video as well, they, they made kind of the same mistake, but they, they, made, um, they, 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 they corrected their, their mistake by uh, saying, well, what you are seeing is not what is inside the headset, like two days after the, the, oh. the, 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 the official uh, uh, video and uh, they, they, they corrected the, the, their mistakes and, and this is a good thing because well, the expectation of the public was so high when they, they saw this uh, spectator view slash AR view mm -hmm. of what uh, the, the people on stage were, were presenting. And uh, yeah, I think this is a great marketing uh, case of what not to do with innovation if you want, uh, if you don't want your product to be completely buried on day one. <laughs> Kind so of the do you time it happens to, on, on this kind of technology i think for the headset that's more okay to increase a bit the quality of what you present but for augmented reality it's directly what you see when you put your headset mm -hmm. so the comparison it's 
it's far from what you you see. Or... Yeah, especially on the field of view, uh, it's it's always uh, yeah, you're, you're yeah, very frustrated by with the, the keyhole <laughs> effect of the yeah. AR devices. Yeah, everything like put the attack on someone. The, the first thing they say, oh, the the field of view is narrow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> the and then they start to look into the, the experience and if you think about the experience correctly to avoid seeing too much that uh, border mm -hmm. of the screen then um, it makes sense and uh, people forget about it but yeah there is a first first oh I don't yeah this is, that. this is not a wow effect this is a oh effect yeah. <laughs> when you're putting the headsets <laughs> There's a, with your lens too, at least there's like a mix. It's a, whoa, it's mm. narrow, but oh, it's cool. Oh, it's, mm. it's really sticking to the, the environment. That's nice. But oh, it's narrow. And that's like coming back and looking yeah. forward to the experience is amazing, but at least uh, the, the field of view is small. Mm. Yeah. So, well, we are. Uh, a bit more than our 45 minutes, but yeah, <laughs> I guess uh, I'll, I'll thank you both for, for this very interesting discussion and we'll go back. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week for, for our next episode. So have a nice evening, day and morning for every one of us and uh, see you next time.